Yes, the goosebumps should be flowing with those twinkling ivories, that beautiful music uh, that was written by Dave Loggins. And that means it's master's time. And today I have one of our favorites, Jeff Babineau, live from Augusta National Babs. Oh my goodness. We're back to the Masters in April. Nothing better. Yeah, I should have just stayed up here from November. It got here pretty quick. Quicker, sure than, I, did. quicker than I would have thought, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, give us a lay of the land. The talk is fast and firm, and don't be... Uh, we probably won't be seeing those double-digit figures and record-breaking rounds uh, like Dustin, uh, you know, posted last November. Yeah, I mean, that's been the talk. It's a totally different Masters, totally different conditions. Um, it's certainly firm and fiery for the practice rounds. Uh, we might get a little little rain coming in on, on the, you know, as the tournament gets going on. Thursday, Friday, if you remember last year, we got rain on that Thursday morning and it really softened things up. But, um, but yeah, for the, for the most part, players are saying, you, there are a lot, I think there were 26 first-timers here in November, and the, the advice that these guys are hearing is take what you learn and throw it away because this is going to be a totally different golf course this week. So that would tend to say look for the veterans on the top of the leaderboard although we know from time to time the masters uh, will bring out uh, some one hit wonders um danny willett comes to mind most recently yeah. but what are your thoughts babs yeah i mean it's hard for a, like a first timer that's going to be seeing these conditions for real like a real masters uh, you know, we've had a first-time winner at the Masters since Fuzzy Zeller in 79. So, uh, but, but you know, you look at the fall, and two young guys got right in the mix. You know, Cam Smith from Australia and Sung J.M. from Korea uh, stayed right on the heels of Dustin Johnson, kept pressure on him. And, you know, these young kids are pretty fearless, so I don't, I don't think they think it's beyond them. Uh, I just think it's a place where experience certainly is – something big to have in your bag well and and probably the uh, most uh, senior of players now officially a champions tour player phil mickelson was at the mic yesterday in the press room uh with some uh, interesting uh comments but particularly talked about the defense of the golf course being the greens and that uh it was going to play you know completely different yeah, he, he loves it here so much. You know, next year I think will be his 30th start here. He loves this place, and he loves he loves it when it's, you know, plays when the teeth are in the golf course, right? I mean, he said it's been a few years since uh, this place has really been the, the ultimate test that it can be. So uh, he's out there today playing with Bryson DeChambeau, so who knows, maybe Phil's finding some new driving lines out there or something. Speaking of um, lines <laughs> and Bryson, yeah. we thought Bay Hill was something. Just listening to him uh, look at his strategy and, uh, you know, course management, just starting off with number one, which is, you know, one of the toughest holes right out of the gate. 
Jeff, uh, you know, to describe yeah. some of the things Bryson was sharing about how he's going to attack Augusta. And to say attack Augusta, which we know is often Bryson's mindset, seems counterintuitive. You know, it seems counterintuitive at, certainly at the U.S. Open when he won at Wingfoot. But here, I mean, some of it, he has the room to do some things, right? He can do some different things out here. Starting with the first hole, I mean, that line he's taking up the right side over those bunkers. And then over uh, the trees? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, the trees left on nine going way down there. It's going to try and drive the third green. Um, yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting, interesting to watch. I mean, I don't think he – he didn't feel very well when he played here in November. So his health was a factor. Plus, I think he was just trying to figure things out. But he's coming here with quite a plan, and he's – He's got a four-and-a-half-degree driver going. It's supposed to be a little more forgiving. Four-and-a-half degrees forgiving. Four-and-a-half degrees, right, yeah. I mean, I remember in the old days having a seven-degree driver. I don't, I don't think the, uh, it ever, the ball ever got higher than the tee when I swung that thing. So, you know, he's, he's something to watch here. He's certainly a sideshow. Yeah, as he was at Bay Hill, I, I was out there on the sixth tee on the weekend when he was hitting those drives, and, it was thrilling, you know, and the crowd was really into it. So, you know, having patience back here and following him, uh, you know, it'll be a guy to watch, no doubt. Uh, talk about the patrons for a minute. Babs, you're on the grounds there. What have the first few days been like? Um, certainly, we're going to get another chance to see Augusta, even as viewers on television, up close and really personal. I remember they, you know, they did some great drone footage uh, last November that really gave us uh, some looks of the golf course we've never seen before. Yeah, it's, I mean, certainly for us, we it's the one tournament of the year we don't get inside the ropes. So for us to be able, you know, as, as writers here, to be able to stand behind that 12th tee and hear conversations going on on the tee as they're trying to figure out the win, yeah, it's certainly different. So it's that's really neat. Um, so, I mean, the patrons that do get in here, they, they don't announce how many. But let's say you have 20% of your normal crowd. It's good for the players because they're hearing response to shots and, and they're, you know, getting some adrenaline going. And it's good for uh, the people that are in here because they're going to see some. They're going to see this place in this tournament like they've never seen it. I mean, just the opportunities for viewing are, are tremendous. So uh, it is interesting. But, uh, but you know, every single player in the field is happy to have patrons back here. And, and it's so much an atmosphere, especially at, this tournament with the roars and the different places you hear those roars, uh, you know, oh, that was on 16 or something just happened over at 13. It's just really cool. So having some patrons back uh, certainly is going to help. And for those that haven't, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to be at Augusta and to, to walk that beautiful, beautiful layout. But there's a lot of elevation change and back, you know, at Amen Corner, uh, it, it really is like a valley and, and, and this little canyon almost. So that's what creates these echoes and, and roars across the back nine, which, you know, makes it so exciting and, you know, has, has uh, given it that moniker that the Masters doesn't start till the back nine on Sunday. And that's true in so many cases. And I've been here in years where, the course has been tougher, and you don't have those birdies and eagles, and it certainly isn't as exciting. Uh, 
as the years you do. Um, you know, Bobby Jones, his whole idea here was to create some thrills for the fans, have some birdies, the patrons, have some birdies, um, have some exciting golf, and players able to make a move on that second nine on Sunday. And, uh, you know, usually you get that. And there's always, there's always magic here. And just the way it lays out on the back with your eagle opportunities on, on 13 and 15 and you know, difficult holes like 10 and 11 and, and some of these others, it just it just all comes together to create some great drama. And this place uh, seldom fails to really entertain you. That's you know, that's the tradition of Augusta. Entertain and as always, so many storylines and. We've got so many players uh, playing so well. But we talk about uh, the elevation changes, and I think a lot of the buzz the last couple of days has been Brooks Kepka showing up uh, after just a few weeks, Babs, having knee surgery. Uh, he talked about having, you know, seven hours of therapy a day. I, I mean, do you think this is too soon? Did he not, uh, you know, take a page out of uh, Tiger's injury playbook? Yeah, I mean, he, only he's got enough. It's too soon. Um, you know, I think the old adage is no athlete ever said he came back too late, right? They all want to push it. I'm sure he's been pointed toward Augusta. Uh, he's contended here. He's, he's such a factor in the, the majors, uh, winning four of them and, and just – continually putting his name up there, but, but I think it's going to be a tough road from this week. I mean, I think the um, the walk itself, as you say, it's, it's a real physical test, toughest walk of the year for these guys. And then on top of that, to be a little rusty with your game and at a place where you need to be so exact with your game and your distances, uh, it's a tough combination. So I'm glad he's here, I'm glad he's playing, but I'm going to be surprised if he's in the thick of things on Sunday afternoon. All right, well, how about uh, let's talk about the defending champ, Dustin Johnson. Um, probably feeling pretty good after that filet mignon at the Champions <laughs> Dinner last night. <laughs> I don't the know if any. Lobster fritters. The lobster fritters put them over the top. Oh, my goodness. And, and what, pigs in a blanket? Wasn't, wasn't pigs it? in a blanket, yeah. Only, like, only DJ. So, class all the so way. One of our Saturday dinners, sure. Uh, I don't know if Bernhard Longer is a vegetarian, but. Uh, you know, a few of those guys may have been eating a lot of salad. But um, what do you think about DJ's game? Um, you know, coming in, he, you know, just always sort of has that, that uh, quiet, understated confidence. Yeah, and if you remember last year, he came in so hot. You know, he had that great finish, won the, won the FedEx Cup. Uh, I mean, he was uh, on the top of that leaderboard for four consecutive events before he came into Augusta. So I think he's, he's honest and says he's probably not at that level. Uh, but he's playing well. I mean, he's, he, he, you know, he's always he's figured this place out. It took a little while. But if you look, you know, outside of the year, he fell down the stairs and couldn't tee it up. You know, the last five, six years, they're all top tens. And uh, he had the runner-up finish for 41. So he's definitely figured this place out, which takes players a while. He's got the comfort now that he has a green jacket. He's not chasing that green jacket. I mean, that was, that was a dream come true. He's the first player from South Carolina to do that. Um, so, I mean, maybe and, and, yeah, I was, with most players, I would say that would give you a freedom. I think Dustin always has a freedom. I mean, he's got the 
greatest short memory in golf. Oh, so my God. He shows up this week, and he shows up, and we'll give it his all and see how it goes, and by he's on to the next thing. So, uh, I, you know, he's, he's certainly one of the top guys here this week, and, and uh, you know, players are going to know that when he goes out there on Thursday. Well, we've got two other big stories, of course, and that is, as always, the chatter is about Rory completing his uh, career grand slam. Uh, More distance on that 2010 collapse. Babs, he has recently added Pete Cowan uh, to his team, Um, you know, well-known swing coach. I think Pete's a really good confidence booster. I think that's really big right now for Rory. I think he has so many doubts in his game. Uh, We saw the last few weeks when the tour came up through Florida, just some of the poor, real poor wedge play out of Rory, you know, and just some some guessing and trying to find something. So, you know, with his talents, it it was amazing to hear him talk about chasing Bryson's distance because Rory is so long himself. I mean, they're only uh, separated by a yard or two in the driving numbers, so he kind of got lost there a little bit going down uh, going down the rabbit hole, as they say. And I think Pete can kind of bring him back mentally as much as anything. Isn't it interesting uh, but, how, I got, how, how something like that could get in a player's head at that point? Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I mean, what, you know, what, that's what happens to these guys. I mean, they're usually when they get in trouble, they're chasing something, right? A lot of guys chase distance. And Rory is the last guy that needs to chase distance. Um, he gets it plenty far. And when he's driving it well, I'd, I'd take him as a driver probably over any player out here. So, uh, yeah, that, so I think he's kind of searching a little and trying to, to talk to Tiger and bounce things off. He, he often talks to Jack about Augusta before he comes up here. So it's all just kind of kind of building back some confidence and, yeah, it's kind of weird on him. He hasn't won a major since the summer of 2014, and when you have his talent, uh, that's something that's going to wear on him. And coming in off his win, Jordan Spieth. Great to have Jordan back uh, in the winner's circle, and he's got to be just beaming with confidence coming into this week. Yeah, he's got lots of confidence, so the question with him is hopefully he'll have a lot of energy, too. I mean, it takes a lot out of you to to be in the hunt, the win a tour event. Um, I think it's only been twice when someone's won coming here and then won at Augusta. Uh, Sandy Lyle was one. Um, but, you know, I think it was important for him to get over the finish line in, in San Antonio. You know, he, he played well in Florida. He, he'd get himself up there. He had some Sunday disappointments. Uh, you know, even going back to Riviera. Um, but, to get across the finish line, to get the win, and to be pushed down the stretch, that was big, too. He had to respond with golf shots. And I, I think you know, he's a guy that prized on this Magnolia Lane. I mean, if he finished 238 last week, he's still going to find something here. He's just one of those guys that really gets inspired here and figures it out and really fights. So uh, him being here in form was gaining great shape. I mean, that's a great combination. I'm I would look forward to big things from him this week, for sure. And another guy who I, I just think more than anything would love to win this tournament, and he speaks about it almost a Phil Mickelson-esque, and, and that's J.T., Justin Thomas. J.T., that's right. He does want this really badly. I, that's part of the 
part of the mix when you're trying to get that green jacket is not letting that get in your way. Uh, I think at times, and he's even said so at times, that that does get in his way. He had a, he had a look about him when he left here in November. You know, he he didn't. You know, I think he finished fourth here in November, and, and he just as he was leaving, and we were talking about him. He's like, I'm going to win at this place. Uh, he knows he is. It's you look at these conditions right now, firm and fiery. Certainly, he responded to those conditions well at the players. Sure did. Uh, and I just think, yeah, he, he's he's a guy who's ready now. Whether it happens for him or not, who knows? But all the pieces are there, and, and I mean, he's ready to get after it. And, and I think it's good. Like you look at a guy like Spieth, who got his jacket early. It's good for these guys to get it when they're younger, because when you don't, and you're Rory McIlroy, and you're trying to fill out the career slam. I mean, you start pushing, and, and these things, you know, it's a rare one this year. We're only five months from the last one, but they only come once a year. And and uh, as you grow older and you're still chasing that jacket, you know, we've seen with Greg Norman and Ernie Ells and David Duvall and some of these guys, it doesn't always happen. So uh, hopefully JT will get his soon and, and be a guy that's at that champion's dinner for a long, long time. All right. Well, Babs, uh Speaking of champions, who's going to be putting on that green jacket Sunday? Who's your pick? Well, you know, I, I do love the thought of Spieth being in form. I, I like him a lot, but I, so I have a, kind of a guy that's a little under the radar this week. I mean, he's, he's probably in the top ten in fairs, but no one's talking about Patrick Cantlay. And mm. when you get a place like this where you have to be so exact, I think that's a strength of his. I think he played really well at the match play. It didn't get through to the, you know, the, the weekend matches, which might be fine because he's fresher. And uh, I think he's a guy that this place should shoot pretty well. So I'm ready for him to step up and win a big one, and that might be the guy I'm looking at this week. Yeah, he's uh, number three in the FedEx Cup season standings, and uh, he's got one win and four top ten. So interesting pick, J.B. All right. Well, uh, we always appreciate your time. We'll let you get back to work. Jeff Babino, com. Thank you, JB. Back. You got it, Holly G. See you soon. We'll see you. Bye-bye. I'll bring you back a pimento sandwich. Oh, love it. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> right, see you. Bye.